1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to make our lives happier. This week, we'll talk about why you should spend 120 minutes a week in nature. And we'll talk to Sherry Salata about her terrific new memoir, The Beautiful No, and other tales of trial, transcendence, and transformation. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And, Elizabeth, whenever we're together, we try to spend time in nature.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And, yes, Gretchen, um, we like to walk in the woods together Yes, when we can.
1: Yeah. Before we go into the Try This at Home, I wanted to let people know about a new element. If you go to happiercast.com slash sponsors, um, you can get all the information related to our advertisers. Now, just to point out, if you use the promo codes from our advertisers, you know, when we say use the promo code happier, um, when you do it, you're usually getting a discount or a deal for yourself, and that's great, but you're also supporting the podcast. That really helps us if when you go to an advertiser, you use that promo code so they know that we how you heard about it. Um, and uh, it is possible on, in the show notes, if you scroll down below the comments, all the information is there about the advertisers, but I, it, it has become clear to me, Elizabeth, you may not realize this because I'm getting these emails, that a lot of people mm. don't realize that's how to get that information. So mm. um, Due to popular demand, I've created a page on my website that has all the promo codes and links for the sponsors, Um, and the link will be in the show notes. And so, if you're driving when you're listening or whatever, and you want to go back later, and you're like, "What was the name of that electric toothbrush?" or "Oh, what was that bra code?" or whatever, Um, just go to the show notes for this um, for this episode and all future episodes, and you'll find the link, or you can go to HappierCast.com/sponsors for everything related to the sponsors.
0: And Gretchen, we want to remind everyone to read Small Fry, the memoir by Lisa Brennan Jobs, whose father was uh, the world famous Steve Jobs. It's an absolutely amazing memoir about growing up in California. Um, and we'll be talking to Lisa next week. So read the book.
1: Yes. So, listen, this week, our try this at home tip is to spend 120 minutes a week in nature. Mm-hmm.
0: That's very specific, Gretchen
1: yes, now that's that was what struck me as funny, um, and this try this at home was inspired by some fascinating research, um which was discussed um at some length in a an article in The New York Times by. Full shakes. uh, How much nature is enough? 120 minutes a week, doctors say. And I'll post a link to the article in the show notes for 229. Um, But, yeah, it turns out research shows that people who spend two hours a week or more outdoors reported being in better health and having a greater sense of well-being. um, That people didn't go out. But what they also found is that just 60 or 90 minutes didn't have much of an effect. And, Mm -hmm. like, going more than 120 minutes sort of didn't have an effect. And so that is, like, the exact right amount Um, um, for spending time in nature.
0: And so, Gretchen, why is it that this makes a difference? What, what are the effects?
1: Well, there's a lot of research showing that if you're outdoors, especially if you're in green spaces, it can lower stress. It can decrease blood pressure. It can reduce the risk of asthma and allergies. Um, it can boost mental health. Um, it can even increase life expectancy. Um and uh, it turned out it, it didn't matter if you did it every day or whatever. It was just like, did you accumulate the two hours by the end of the week? Um, and there's a lot of theories about that, about whether it's, it's you're outside, it's the exercise. There's something about the natural landscape with its patterns. Mm. Um, there's a lot of theories about what's going on, whether the plants are releasing certain kinds of you mm. know chemicals into the air. Uh, being exposed to a lot of bacteria um, can help perhaps benefits the immune system, um, that there's antibacterial properties released by organic compounds, all kinds of stuff um, people speculate about.
0: Well, Gretch, I'm not totally surprised to hear this. Um, on Happier in Hollywood, we talked about The Nature Fix, yeah. uh, a book by Florence Williams, The Nature Fix, Why Nature Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Creative. Sounds yeah. familiar, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and it's all about the need to be in nature.
1: Yeah. Now it seems like whatever's going on, and probably a lot of different things are going on. Um, and different aspects of it could matter more to one person or another. Like to me, I'm very, very, I'm very light sensitive. I really, really mm. feel better when I just have get light. And certainly, my daughter Eliza is one of these people who really is affected by light. So for me, just like being outside, even if I was just like on a busy city street, which they say doesn't have the same effects as nature. For me, that would have a big boost, I think, because I am so uh, sensitive to sunlight.
0: Well, my question is, what exactly constitutes nature? I mean, does Central Park count as nature? Ooh. I think someone who lives in on a farm might not think <laughs> of Central Park as nature.
1: Well, that that's a great question. I mean, to me, Central Park definitely counts as nature. And there are parts like I when I do my daily walk in Central Park, there are parts where like I can't hear cars. I don't see mm. other people. I see like a brook running through. I see trees and rocks and moss and you know, squirrels and birds. So it feels very nature, even though um, I'm I'm actually not very far from, you know Midtown. Um, now, what What about Disneyland? Somebody said, oh, I always make sure to spend a lot of time in Disneyland. I go to, uh, in nature, I go to Disneyland all the time. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> Disneyland. I don't know the Disneyland counts as nature. I mean, you're outside um, and there are
0: plants. But, that's true. Yeah. Um, that's pushing it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: now, my question, Gretch, being in L.A., yeah. you know, I hike that's again, is that nature? I mean, I feel that's where I go to be in nature, but I I am sometimes like overlooking a freeway (laughs) Um, and I could, you know, walk by George Clooney's house. I don't know. I guess that I think of it as nature. Right. For
1: sure. Or like your backyard, which is, you know, it overlook, you can see, uh, houses, other people's houses. It's, it's, it's not wild. I mean, it's like the right. the the grass is mowed, and you know the plants are obviously like in planters, but it's still things growing. It's sunlight. It's um, you have that feeling of of, of the orga- life of nature.
0: Yeah. Now I will say um, pro nature in terms of our backyard. I am not someone who really cares a lot about nature, and I certainly am not someone who cares about plants. Mm -hmm. But Adam, I may have mentioned to you, he has really taken to adding tons of potted plants or potted trees, really, in our backyard. So it's really transformed the backyard. Um, And I do feel better now when I'm back there. And Mm. I do feel like the more plants he adds... The better I feel. Oh, so you so there is a definite connection between I don't know what it is, whether it's chemical or just, you know, um uh, psychological. But I the more plants he adds, the better I feel. So I keep telling him, Yeah, just keep adding plants.
1: Well, and that's I've noticed that with restaurants and stores. Like if you go to a restaurant where they have like planter boxes around their kind of like outdoor terrace, or there's a store. That is flanked by trees, or, or you know, um, they sometimes they'll have like a vine, you know, or something like Mm. that. I realize that I'm much more drawn to those. Like my eye stops at them, and I sort of look at them more and kind of try to analyze what's going on. And I just and it feels much more um, inviting to me with the plants there.
0: I agree, and Gretchen, you know what I love is an indoor tree, and I don't mean like a ficus tree. I mean like a big. Indoor oak tree or something Um, that's been there for hundreds of years. Um, At the Soho house in um, Hollywood, or West Hollywood, has a big indoor tree in one of the rooms. And I wanted to join just to be able to go (laughs) to that room all the time. It's just a great feeling to be
1: near a tree inside. Well, also, I love it when outside things go in or inside things go out. I find that super fascinating. And on this, do you remember we went to visit Apple? together. Um, one time I was, when I was in California, and they have like a grove. This is the yes. old big building, not the new big building. Um, they have like a little grove of trees right in their lobby. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this just feels so cool um, to be by these trees. So Gretchen, does
0: this mean we should be like, noting when we're outside, like 10
1: minutes, (laughs) 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it does seem funny to be so specific. And, you know, um, but it's true that we tend to manage what we monitor and that when we want something to count in our lives, it is often helpful to just count it. And um, Mm -hmm. this was something I talked a lot about in my book, Better Than Before, about habit change, is that for a lot of people, the strategy of monitoring can be very powerful because it's like if you... It's easy to think, oh, I never do it, or I always do it, or you you don't really, it's hard to, to know how much is happening, but when you are actually monitoring it, and then also it tends to be the kind of thing where you notice when you're not doing it. You're like, oh, I realize, oh, break the chain. I've been doing this three days in a row, but today I'm not. It, it just, for many, many people... Um, this is helpful. Now, I will say this is the kind of thing that does appeal more to like a questioner than to a rebel. Rebels Mm -hmm. may not want to do this. They're like, I love nature. I want to be outside. I love using my body. I love being in nature. That's better for them than trying to feel like, okay, I've got to like meet some kind of, and that a questioner might feel like 120 minutes is arbitrary, except that here, Mm. there does seem to be research suggesting that it is not arbitrary, that it is, they have kind of measured it. Um, And to be clear, you can spend more time
0: in nature (laughs) should you like just enjoy nature. Yes, yes. But you don't have to spend more time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, think in urban
0: environments. Well, yeah,
1: it's like when you do a loop on the Disney lot, like you're outside and you're getting exercise, but you're not in nature. So you're getting I don't
0: think. Yes, I don't think that um, those loops counted as nature. No,
1: no. Like being on a giant parking lot doesn't count as nature? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> well, let us know if you do try this at home and how spending 120 minutes a week in nature works for you or whether you just try to spend some nature time in nature, whether or not you hit the 120 exactly. Um, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at or to go to happiercast.com slash 229 for everything related to this episode, including the link to that New York Times article that I mentioned.
0: Coming up, we've got a hack that makes it easier to spend time
1: outside. But first, this break.
0: Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and
1: conditions apply. So, listen, this is a happiness hack, which uh, is, comes from you and which is very fitting because it actually makes it easier to spend time outside when you're aiming for your 120 minutes a week. Um, what's your hack? Yes. Yes, okay, Gretch. So one of the
0: issues I have when I'm hiking is carrying things because I have to carry like my glucose monitor because I'm a type 1 diabetic keys. I like to have my um my icebreakers, various items. <laughs> and um, but I don't want to bring a bag. and if it once it gets hot, I don't want to have a sweatshirt with big pockets. So I've always had this dilemma of how to carry things on a hike. Well, I have discovered that there are leggings mm. that have external pockets.
1: Mm, okay. And
0: these are Fabletics, or the ones I have. And I will say Fabletics is an advertiser, but this is not an advertisement. It's just I happen to love these leggings. They're called Mila Pocket Leggings. Yeah. And I think the reason they're called pocket leggings is because they have these big side pockets.
1: But I should say I went to look them up after you told me about them, and they're 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 on the side of your thigh, not on your rear end. So I think that's more comfortable when you're hiking. That it's not around your waist.
0: Yes, right. They're on the side of your thigh, and they're quite large. And yes, it can look a bit bulky if you have a bunch of stuff in there. But you know, I. Th- find it to be a great solution. I put a little nutrition bar in there in case my blood sugar gets low. Um, and it has made it, you know, you always say identify the problem and make something more convenient. Well, this is one of those items that just makes it easier to hike and more comfortable. Um, and I am a fan
1: No, and it's the strategy of convenience. Everything that's just a teeny bit easier and a teeny bit more comfortable and a teeny bit more pleasant, it just just removes that friction that can stop us from doing, um, on balance, it just makes it easier to move forward with doing something that we want to do. So this is great. Um, Yes. Mila Pocket Leggings. I will post a link in the show notes. And again, this is uh, happiercast.com slash 229. So you can check out uh, these leggings for yourself. And now it's time for an interview with Sherry Salada. Sherry Salada has written a terrific memoir called The Beautiful No and Other Tales of Trial, Transcendence, and Transformation. The book is described this way. What happens when you realize you've had the career of your dreams, but you don't have the life of your dreams? This was the stark reality facing Sherry Salada when she left her 20-year stint at The Oprah Winfrey Show, including as executive producer, Harper Studios, and The Own Network. After years of telling other people's makeover stories, Sherry decided to produce her own life transformation.
0: Sherry decided that she needed to reimagine her own future. She details her experience in this book and also on her great podcast, The Sherry and Nancy Show. Gretchen, you and I have both been guests. Yep. And in her venture, The ThePillarLife.com. And Gretchen, I have known about Sherry for years because I watched um, the behind the scenes of the last season of the Oprah Winfrey show, Yeah, um, which was a docuseries about that last season. And Sherry was at the center of it because she was the executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey show, which, you know more of a of an amazing dream job, I cannot imagine, and um that show like really you got to know her and the pressures of that job. Yeah. so I've been a sherry fan
1: for a long time. yes, welcome, Sherry. It's so great to talk to you again. Hi, Sherry. Hi, you guys. This is such an honor. I've been telling everybody y- I'm on the big monster show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we loved your book. We flew through it. Yes, both of us did. Now, Sherry, the, the question we have to ask is a question that's central to the entire book, and you pointed out, but just because it is such a fascinating challenge is that here is the irony that you had this front row seat to all this information about personal de- development, and yet it was still a struggle to have it translate into change in
2: your own life. Well, my friends, that's the big paradox, isn't yep. it? I'm, 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 the, I'm the big mystery. And I think as it relates to people listening, you know, many times I think of all the times I'd read an article in a magazine yeah. about, you know, healthy practices. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it would, it mm-hmm. would resonate. And, and then, you know, I'd rip it out or I'd say that that was my jam is, is ripping things out of magazines and putting them in folders.
1: And then filing them (laughs) away.
2: And, and, you know, and a bigger thing for me, I mean, there was very many, many layers of it. And it wasn't that I was just too busy, which is really kind of what I hung my head on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wasn't really willing to do kind of, you know, really go into the closet and look at what I had created across in my life, kind of bring the light in and say, you know, what, 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 what are you struggling here with, Sherry? And of course, it always comes back to love. Yeah, There is Mm -hmm. always a big, a big love piece. You know, um, my, you know, my career filled up a big, huge bucket for me. It gave me tons of validation. Um, You know, you know, it gave me lots of external rewards, uh, lots of people validating me. Um, And, and, and I would think to myself, that's very nice, but I'm, 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 I'm unconscious, but conscious of my unconsciousness that I have all these areas that I haven't tended to.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. It can be hard to step back like that and just sort of see the big picture when you're, low, you're focused on the day to day.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, and then you kind of do that on purpose as well. You don't really have to. <laughs> yeah. <look. laughs>
0: and then, Sherry, you left this huge job. And I mean. Is that sort of what propelled you into this new journey? Because suddenly all that identity was gone.
2: Well, you know, honestly, I, I think I think what began the whole thing were were these honest backyard conversations I'd have. I had with one of my um, best friends of 30 years, Nancy Holla uh, yeah. and yes. my, my, my podcast co-host yes. and business. Yes. partner yes. now. We love Nancy. We love Nancy. And we we would just kind of um, you know ruminate. We would wax on. We would dream a little, and it, it you know the bottom line was this: for both of us, very different lives. Nancy had kids, did a freelance writing business, raised these great kids, um, and I had I had a you know this big um, you know public career, and we would kind of say, "Golly, we're in our fifties. Is this it?" Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this all we get? Mm-hmm. Because neither one of us were partnered. We, we we didn't have our soulmate men. We you know health and wellness was like maybe someday I'll get to it, and you know there were other areas in our lives that were just like oh my god my bucket list is getting longer and longer and longer. My life list is just unbelievably short and not well rounded. So yeah. um, I think that was it, and I think I think for me too it was kind of. It was that sickening, fearful feeling that if you don't do something, you never are going to do anything. Oh. And then and then you just better resign yourself to the fact that your glory days have come and gone. And this is it now. Now, now learn to do some crafts, oh. or something, <laughs> you know. So then in response,
0: you and Nancy developed this five pillar framework to work on your life. Um, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, well, um it, there's eight pillars now, my darling. Oh eight and pillars. It, it, yes. Yes, yes. And I think that's gonna be it. But we basically said <laughs> both of us both of us are are the type who um get all fired up and then run out of gas. So we, we needed a little way to to kind of touch all the areas of our lives and not go unconscious. So mm. in the eight pillars, it's like health and wellness. Spirituality and happiness, romance and sex, friends and family, discovery and adventure, sanctuary and beauty, money and abundance, and then creativity and innovation, formerly known as work. Mm. Since, since, mm. Since that's a trigger for me now. The big W is a bit of a trigger. Ah. Um, it drives me right into that make it happen energy that kind of wound me up into ah. not taking care of myself and not paying attention to things. Just
1: hearing you list the pillars, you're like, wow, if you had all those in ample uh, doses in your life, that would be a great life. I mean, just even hearing the yeah. list, you're like, <laughs> wow, I want all of that. That's good. Sign
2: me yes. up. Yeah. Right. And, and and I think for a lot of us, when we get to the middle of life, which is our preferred phrasing, because it, you know, it still sounds like you've got lots of po- possibilities if you're in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Instead of, you know, you're wrapping it up and letting letting the clock run out. Um, I think for a lot of us, it's been a while since we've really devoted any time to like dreaming about our lives. You know, I, I think we think that that's supposed to be done when we're in college, and then and then get to executing, and that's it. And and dreaming about our lives really kind of stirs up um, new possibilities, and it and it and it gets us inspired, thinking about what else, what else, what else, which is so much more dynamic way to live instead of, well, I guess this is it. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. you're a great example of that, the way you've just had this big reinvention. I mean, you
1: have this whole new, you've got your podcast, you've got the pillar life, you've you've moved, um, like you've really shook it up and like built a new, a whole new kind of chapter, which is very exciting to realize that we can do that.
2: Yeah, we, we sure can do that. And I think that, you know, there, there are things that I've done, but, uh, but the biggest change I've made is, is, is what I'm being, who I'm being. Mm. And that really is, I, I get this self-care piece now in a way that, that I understood it intellectually as the experts paraded by me for decades. <laughs> but I really get it now that I am the curator of my experience. I decide what energy comes into my life. I make those decisions. I am the the expert of my, my own experience now in my own life. And I want to make sure that a day does not go by when I haven't tended to myself, where I haven't tenderly embrace myself, where I haven't done something for my own enjoyment, my own pleasure, you know, to, and, and leaning into the things that feel good. And then everything else just falls into place. It's remarkable. Yeah.
1: So Sherry, before you go, we ask all of our guests for a try this at home, a concrete manageable tip that people can do starting tomorrow um, to make themselves happier, healthier, more productive, or more creative. Do you have a, a try this at home
2: tip that you'd suggest? I do. I do. And this is what it would be. uh, And this is what I do. This is this is the try at home tip I'm doing, which is 10 minutes a day. I set my iPhone with a timer and I devote it to daydreaming. And I sit there Mm. with no agenda other than to kind of kind of like look at my life like a movie and 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 pretend I'm the star of it. what, What are those fantastic with no limits? What kinds of things do I want to manifest and call into my life? And it's funny when I'm done with that little session, you know, I I don't get too deep in it. I just spend 10 minutes off. I go in my life. There's a little pep in my step. There's a little like, wow, so much more is possible. And, And I love where I'm at. And every day I fall more in love with my life. But I will say that I am absolutely eager and excited for what's to manifest next.
1: Well, I think that's a great idea because I think having a big vision for ourselves can be hard. Like it just, you don't even think to have a big vision for yourself. And this is a way to really incorporate that into everyday life.
0: Yeah, I could see, like, I don't want to, I just can't make myself meditate. I try and I get get it for a little while and then I drop it, but I could definitely daydream for 10 minutes (laughs) a day. Like that was much more in line with who I am than meditating.
1: Yes. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, Sherry, thank you so much. We're so excited to talk to you about the beautiful no. Um, Of course, we'll link to it in the show notes. And it's so great to talk to you again.
2: All right. I love you guys. I'm a faithful listener and we'll talk soon, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Thank
0: thank you, you, Sherry. everybody. Coming up, Gretchen has a work-related
1: happiness demerit. Put first this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight.
0: Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, um, and in case anybody doesn't know why we give ourselves happiness demerits, we should perhaps explain.
1: Yes, we take turns giving ourselves a happiness demerit or giving a gold star each week, so we switch, um, and we give ourselves a demerit because it's supposed to help us. And Elizabeth, I think this has actually really worked. Um, That when we identify the things and kind of articulate them and put them out there about things that are dragging us down or happiness stumbling blocks or problems that we haven't really uh, grappled with, a lot of times it helps us identify patterns of things that keep coming up over and over because we definitely have some repeat demerits. But also things where a lot of times just talking about it, it's sort of like gives you or me the little nudge that we need to do what we need to do to fix the problem.
0: Yes. I mean, I think for me being an obliger, it helps me to say, you know, sort of what I've done wrong and then feel like I'm accountable to our listeners to change it.
1: But I think sometimes I get the impression from listeners who email that people feel like we're beating ourselves up and it's not meant to beat Mm, ourselves up. It's meant to make help us discipline ourselves to step back and say, like, is there something that we could be doing better? That would make us yeah. happier. And I, I think it really does. I don't I don't feel like we're constantly beating ourselves up. I feel like it's actually very productive. So that's the idea yes, behind the demerit. I yeah. agree. Yeah.
0: All right. So, Gretchen, you are up this week with a happiness demerit.
1: Yeah, and this is a great example because I, I think by just figuring out why this is a demerit, I think will help me solve for why I'm feeling like this is something that is dragging down my happiness. And I don't know if you've experienced this, Alyssa, but it's like these weird work days where I feel like I'm working and working and yet nothing gets done. And yet it's not like I'm goofing off and like, you know, just like reading interesting articles online or something like that. Like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm actually like doing kind of uncomfortable things or forcing myself to do things. And yet at the end of the day, I'm like, what have I even done? I feel like nothing's gotten done. I feel like nothing's moved forward. I feel like there's nothing crossed off my to-do list. I'm, where's my time going? I have no idea. It was like the entire mm-hmm. work day. What just happened? This has happened. To me. I had like a whole week like that. So it sounds like you need to get a
0: handle on how you're spending your time, what you actually want to accomplish. Like you haven't figured out what you're going for.
1: I, I think that's exactly it. I think I I think on the one hand, I have no idea where my time is going. And second of all, I have no vision for where my time should be going. And so I need to back up and be like, what needs to get done? Um, and how do I get it done? So, um, yeah. So having, having identified this demerit, I feel like I am mm-hmm. more prepared to deal with these weird work days. Um, so, Lisa, take us up. What is your gold star?
0: All right, Gretchen. I am giving a gold star this week to the notion of arriving early. Mm. Okay. I have just recently decided, because I get such anxiety about being on time, mm-hmm. I have just decided I'm going to get there early. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I was meeting my friend Sherry for a hike on Sunday, and um, she had to be somewhere. So I just decided, you know, so we needed to start at a certain time, and parking is so difficult. So I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to get there really early so that no matter what happens with parking, I have plenty of time and I won't have to stress. So I got there um, I mean, it turned out to be maybe 15 minutes early, and then I just sat in my car and listened to a podcast. Right, and, it, and I've just been doing this, and it's just much more pleasant.
1: Well, it's interesting that you said this, because when they look at people who are chronically late, one of the things that they find is that often people are trying to be too efficient. Like, they're trying to, like, oh, I have just enough time to do this one thing, but then they underestimate, like, How long does it take you to load the dishwasher? How long does it take you to, like, answer that email? And so it's kind of out of a desire to be productive. People are late. Mm. And so, like, to your point about arriving early, if you're a person who's late because you're always trying to do one more thing, say, okay, I'm going to leave now. And then if I'm early, I will do something. I will have something to do on the other side. Oh, I can – I have this brochure I need to read. I will read it in my car when I'm waiting for Sherry to show up or whatever – if you feel like you don't want to mm. lose that time just give yourself something to do on the i mean everybody's got stuff they can do when they arrive And so just backload it. That's a great
0: suggestion.
1: Backload it. But this also reminds me, remember that um, hack we got a long time ago, Elizabeth? It was a guy who said that he was so worried about being on time, but then he realized, like, he could say something like, I'll be there between 7 and 7.15. And so mm -hmm. he built in a thing. Um, For you, like, that wouldn't have worked since Sherry needed to get someplace, so you needed to start on time. But I do think sometimes by identifying a range— then you take kind of take some of that pressure off. Because for me, if I'm like one minute late, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I get that. You and I are both like that. We get very tense. Yes,
0: yes. Yes. So expect me to be early. And Gretchen, you and I are both often early.
1: Yes, we'll be early together.
0: Sometimes we start recording early because we both-
1: No, no, today, just today, Bob texted me like, are you here? I'm like, don't we have 10 minutes? He's like, yeah, but you're usually here early. And I'm like, I'm out there just chatting. I'm just on the other side of the door, but yeah. Being early is a good way to be happy. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Spend 120 minutes a week in nature. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Thank you to our wonderful guest, Sherry Salata. Check out her new book, The Beautiful No, and other tales of trial, transcendence, and transformation. Also, of course, listen to her podcast, The Sherry and Nancy Show. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I am at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at
1: If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us. It really helps us if you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And, um, again, I want to mention, um, if you are looking for information about advertisers, it really does help us. If you use those codes, they know that you're coming from our podcast. You can look in the show notes or you can go to happiercast.com sponsors. That's plural, um, for everything related to the sponsors. And if you are looking for a reading for a wedding um, go to slash resources to get the free PDF of wedding readings that were suggested by happier podcast listeners. And I included some of my favorites, too. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, I have already spent a lot of time in nature today already. I went for my daily walk in Central Park before I came to the studio today.
0: So how many minutes did you log? Did you write them down? Uh,
1: I didn't. uh, It says I have had 59 exercise minutes, but that could also include my minutes walking to and from the subway. Um, But uh, and some of that was not in nature, but a lot of that was in nature.
0: Good for you.